Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Monday, May 1st. It is six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad that you're joining us this morning. So Hunter Biden, he's due in court today. It's a contempt hearing surrounding his daughter, Navy Biden. You know, the grandchild that Joe Biden won't recognize. This is with the stripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what her name is. but London so, Roberts. London Roberts. Yes, I was going to say Biden, but I was like, I know her last name is not Biden as they were not married. So he had this baby out of wedlock with this woman mm-hmm. and completely denied that it was his kid, took a paternity test, only was proved, yes, you are a la Maury Povich, the father, and now is paying or has paid or they had some sort of child support agreement. Now, what the horrific part of this is, though, is that Joe Biden has completely disowned this kid just the other day, reeled off in intricate detail his six grandchildren. Well, he has seven because of this kid and doesn't mention, talks all about these grandkids, where they are, what they do, how old they are, and just completely bypasses this kid that there is no doubt. I mean, it's not like rumored to be Hunter Biden's kid. It is totally 100%, absolutely trust the science, Hunter Biden's kid, which means it is Joe Biden's grandkid, and he took a giant middle finger and stuck it right in that little kid's face. That's That was awful. That was so, I felt so bad for that kid to have a grandparent completely disown you. Okay, so there is actually some controversy surrounding her using the name Biden because the Biden family does not want her to use the name Biden because they say it's going to rob her of a peaceful existence. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Uh, So, they do. Can you imagine? It's your kid. Again, there's no doubt. There's no question. It's your kid. And you not wanting that kid to have your name, that kid to go through life saying, this is, you know, where I'm from. This is who my parents are. I cannot imagine the trauma they are causing this child that on a daily basis you have, it's one thing to have your dad do everything he can to avoid some sort of ownership from you, but also your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Who's the president. Who is, yes, who is the president of the United States? Yeah, and she's four years old, I believe, going to be starting kindergarten soon, so that'll get awkward. The mother is accusing Hunter Biden of concealing his financial situation, so this goes back to child support payments, and she's saying, okay, now wait a second. You can have a place in California. You can have a place in D.C. You can have all these big shot lawyers. But yet your financial state is so poor that you can't pay child support. Yeah. And 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 again, even if you can't and now now again there's the legal what do you have to? But then there's also the thing Casey should. Should. Yeah. You shouldn't do it because you have to. You should do it because that is your kid and you made a consenting decision to have an intimate relationship with that woman of which you knew could produce a child he was capable of producing a child and did produce a child and that is your kid i am i'm so i mean what a horrific family to be to be the face of america (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean you you above all 
not you, Casey, but we as a collective society should want, should demand a family in the Oval Office that strongly defends and supports the nuclear family because time and again it is proven that that is the better way to a better life for young kids is to have a strong nuclear family. Now, look, there are many, many people out there who are single parents beyond their control and do a phenomenal job raising their their children. And that is that it is in no way what I'm saying an indictment on them. God bless you. Thank you for your efforts, etc. But it is just fact that when a mom and a dad, even if they are not married or capable of being married, if they have reached you know an impasse in their relationship, that are intricately involved involved in the intricacies of their child's life, that child is going to be more successful. Kids need a mother and a father, even if they can't be in a relationship, which is preferred and better for them, they need them involved in their lives. Well, this kid is going to grow up not I mean her dad doesn't want to pay for her, her grandfather doesn't want to acknowledge her. They don't want her to take their last name. They want nothing to do with this child. What did she do? What did the child do that was so egregious and offensive to be treated that way? Nothing. I mean, what could she have done? She's four. Innocent. This child will likely not have any sort of male role model, any meaningful sort of male role model in her life. And when you you think about what her mother did, I don't know if she still does. Maybe she got out of it what her mother did for a living, that is also, and I say this as someone who had multiple friends who were in that business over the years, so again, it's in no way an indictment of those people who are trying to feed their family, but that is also not a good view of how men sh- should view women and the, uh, I mean, it's, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That there is no stability of how men should interact with women that this child will grow up as, and how are they supposed to learn that then? How, where are they supposed to learn that? And it's not like, oh my, well, in this case, I was going to say, it's not like my dad is a criminal. Your dad is a criminal, but it's not like your dad is some, <laughs> you know, street, you know, some, some street runner who never had a shot in life. Your dad has had everything handed to him to be successful. Your dad is a loser because he chose to be a loser. And despite all that opportunity, this kid is going to be denied that because her dad can't get it together, and her grandfather won't make her dad get it together. Okay, so GOP Senator Ron Johnson, he was discussing the investigation into the Biden family business dealings, and he says that the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, lied under oath in regards to his contact with Hunter Biden. And then Ron Johnson goes out and calls Hunter and Blinken and other men surrounding the president as made men, which to me sounds very much like mafia style. Uh, Anthony Blinken finally did come in and sit down for a voluntary transcribed interview in December of 2020 because he wanted to be Secretary of State. And now because of uh, more information that's come out, we know that he lied bold face to Congress about never emailing Hunter Biden. My guess is he told a bunch of other lies that uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring him and his wife back in, tell them to preserve their records. Uh, you cannot trust Joe Biden. You cannot trust Hunter Biden. You can't trust the Biden family. You can't trust so many of the people that uh, they have surrounded themselves with. This I mean, these made men, I, I basically agree with that statement. So this is something that that little Navy Biden will learn as she grows up. But if 
Joe Biden is compromised by deals with foreign adversaries and they're impacting his decision making. Isn't that a threat to national security? It's just unbelievable that this is our first our first family, Casey, that this is the face of this country and the face of this country is a father and a grandfather who know someone is their child and grandchild respectively and are totally denouncing that. Well, they're not even denouncing them. They're denying them. They're denying their existence. That's, this is why abortion is so prevalent in this country, because you have the leader of our nation denying the human existence of a child, a living, breathing, functioning human that is his. And when the leader of our country, the grandfather, who even if your loser kid can't get it together, you would think you would have a vested right. interest in getting it together, deny the importance and the validity of human life, then what else is the rest of our society supposed to think? It is 14 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And I want to get to this story because it was heartbreaking yet inspiring at the same time. And I don't know if you saw any of it, but Michael J. Fox, he sat down, he had an interview with Jane Pauley. And in the interview, he says that Parkinson's disease is getting tougher every day. My life is set up so I can pack Parkinson's along with me if I have to. You've not squandered uh, any of your capacity. But at some point, Parkinson's going to make the call for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's my hand on the door. Hey, I mean, I, I, I won't lie, it's getting, hard, it's getting harder. It's getting tougher. Every day you suffer. Um, but but that's, that's the way it is. I mean, you don't, who do I see about that? Hmm. Who do I see about that? Yeah, and Michael J. Fox obviously was a beloved mm-hmm. figure. Um, obviously, is uh, Alex P. Keaton and then Marty McFly, and and you know, on top of being a famous movie star and television star, he's a human being. Seems like a very good guy, and you hate to see that. I recently had a friend who was diagnosed with Parkinson's, very early stages, and is still doing well. But she's right. You know, I mean, that's got to be just a terrible, awful abyss to look into and realize that no matter what I do, I eventually won't win, which I think it goes back to the importance of having a very strong faith and an existence rooted in faith, because I think that really helps at at times like this, knowing there is something bigger, much bigger than your life here on this earth and whatever existence and, and form that and shape that takes. He talks about all the trials that his body has gone through due to Parkinson's disease. And then he went on to say that he's not going to make it to the age of 80. I had spinal surgery. I had a tumor in my spine. And, and, and it was benign, but it messed up my walking. And then I uh, started to break stuff. Broke, broke this arm, I broke this arm, I broke this elbow, I broke my face, I broke my hand falling on things from falling, which is a big killer with Parkinson. it's falling and aspirating food and getting pneumonia all these subtle ways they get you you don't die from Parkinson's you die with Parkinson's so, so I've, been, I've been thinking about the mortality of it I'm not going to be 80 I'm not going to be 80 so Parkinson's disease, a neurodegenerative disorder, and he says that he thinks that he was probably exposed to some sort of chemical, and he says that genetics loads the gun and then environment pulls the trigger as he tried to figure out how this happened to him. But at the end of the interview, he had a really inspiring message, and that is, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. 
I recognize how hard this is for people, and I recognize how hard it is for me. But I have a certain set of skills that allow me to deal with this stuff. And then I realize, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. If you can find something to be grateful for, then you find something to look forward to, and you carry on. So what is interesting about Michael J. Fox is that he... um in the late 90s came out with his Parkinson's. I think he had symptoms years before he came out with his public diagnosis. But even at the bare minimum, if you accept his public diagnosis, he has lived, Mm -hmm. he's been able to live for 25 plus years. So hopefully that will provide some sort of hope to people to say, look, if you have this, he's lived, I mean, well, obviously he's gone through some horrific things. He has lived a life. He is still capable of doing television interviews, uh, not obviously near to the level he once was, but he has lived and he's in his 60s now. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this is one of those things that modern medicine and science and research will be able to continue to push us, if not a cure, towards a more productive life for people who are impacted by it. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to speak with Abdul. Yeah, he's running for mayor of Indianapolis, obviously, election tomorrow. Did you know the election is tomorrow, Casey? Uh, I've heard that. And we've been talking to mayor, we talked to the mayor, well, potential mayor of Carmel, potential mayor of Westfield, and up next, a potential mayor of Indianapolis. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Rob Casey. Sir Casey, did you know election day is tomorrow? I know. And Big you, day. You have something to vote on, mainly the primary to see who will be the next mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Yes, and whoever it is, special request, do something about the roads. Yeah. I, They're awful. I think we can all agree. Whoever wins on the Republican side, we all need to be team whoever that person is because we cannot, under any circumstances, deal with four more years of Joe Hogshead running the city. And one guy who would like to be the next mayor of Indianapolis is our good friend, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz, joins us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. Abdul, how are you? Uh, doing well, my friend. Always good to be here. I was talking to my good friends at WIBC Radio. Okay, so one day left to go in the race. How you feeling? The votes get cast and counted tomorrow. One day cannot get here soon enough, believe you me. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's been a process. Like I said, we started this you know, back in, like, what, November, you know, kind of thinking about it, you know, putting together an exploratory committee and all that fun stuff. And um, so, no, we feel good about uh, all, all the challenges we've had, you know, financial-wise and some other things. We feel really good about where we are and what we're doing, and we think we'll be victorious uh, tomorrow evening. So let's talk about that. It sort of does kind of come down to you're the guy with the long-standing relationships and kind of name ID in the city, but I don't think you thought you were going to run against a guy who ends up putting what I think will be over a million dollars into this primary before it's all said and done. Uh, Jefferson Shreve, how has his money changed or has it changed what you guys have done in this primary? Well, the joke we told my wife the other day, honey, we should feel good about ourselves because guess what? We got we have at least two million dollars worth of name ID out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically, that's what Jefferson, my good friend, had to had to spend. Um, like I said, we've it, it, obviously um, 
we knew that uh, going into this race, we could you know either be the be the sole money raiser or be, be a challenger. We knew we knew we knew we were going to have challenges. So our game our game plan number one is to be flexible going throughout this whole process. Number two, we knew Jefferson we knew when Jefferson got in the race, he had had a lot of money as, as his attachment. But once again, that's a lot of money to spend to get to the university. Basically, thirty thousand voters. So we kept our kept our message focused. We kept our message target, and that's how we did our campaign. Uh, Abdul joining us on drivehubler.com hotline mayor's race tomorrow uh, in the city of Indianapolis all right so what has been the issue when you have been out uh, talking to people campaigning is it crime is that the central issue for Indianapolis uh, and the, the central issue really depends on where you are in some neighborhoods it's crime obviously in other neighborhoods it is you know bros infrastructure in other neighborhoods it's the schools so it's a crime neighborhoods and schools, which sort of falls into that economic development uh, public trust window, uh, have been have been big issues. And I've got some, and uh, it's been great meeting the public because you get some really good ideas and really things you just didn't think about. And some other ideas like, well, how about we just set that over here for a while and walk away? <laughs> Casey Abdul, Friday night. You know, I live in Indianapolis. Friday night, I heard what appeared to be an entire mag get emptied, a magazine get emptied, uh, lots of gunfire. And then on Sunday when I was taking a drive, the roads around me are just awful. So those are my two big concerns as one of your potential constituents, crime and the crumbling infrastructure. So I want to know from you, what are you going to do about it? Uh, like I said, uh, if you go to abdulforandy.com, you see my entire Abdul agenda spelled out there. You see our plan uh, to take care of public safety, a tough but smart approach to dealing with crime. There's also our plan to do with roads and infrastructure as well. A creative solution would now and create a solution to deal with our to deal with our road issue. But it's gonna take all of us working together. And unfortunately, Miss Casey, we did not get in the situation overnight, but hopefully we can get out of it. I'll say well, hopefully within two to three years. Okay, now I heard last night somebody asked you on your Twitter live, uh, what are you gonna do about the perception of people who don't live in Indianapolis but have heard all of the tales of the crime and everything and are afraid to come downtown? Um I think I think to deal with those folks, um one, like I said, it's going to take a lot of talking to you because, like I said, you know, people in Carmel, you know, Noblesville, you know, Zionsville, Greenwood, Greenfield, you know, Brownsburg, Avon, Plainfield, if they don't have to come downtown, they won't anymore. So we need to, number one, it's like, hey, let them know, that, hey, you know what, downtown's going to be safe, it's going to be good because, you know what, you got new leadership on the 25th floor. I think a lot of people are just waiting for that new leadership to pop up because if get the new leadership, they'll be, they'll be in a much better place to, to come back to downtown Indianapolis. Abdul, our guest, he's running for the mayor of Indianapolis, voting uh, final, your final chance to vote, of course, there is early voting tomorrow. Yeah, so you were doing the Facebook Live last night, and I'm curious as you have been kind of out uh, out meeting people and talking to people and doing these various forums, whether they're virtual or in person, it seems like there is a lost hope for the city. And as a Hoosier lifer, that sucks because Indianapolis is the capital city. Um, can you, if you're elected, can you bring that sense of optimism and excitement back to Indianapolis? I think so. Now, for some folks, it'll be like, you know, very easy to do. Other folks, it'll take time. Uh, but regardless whether it takes, you know, a week, a month, a year, or a couple years, we're going to bring the city back and uh, bring it back. We're going to make it what it used to be. Have you learned anything during this campaign? Like, you've never been the campaigner before. You've always been the guy who's covered the campaigns. What have you learned that you said, boy, I really didn't know that or I didn't anticipate that? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, in most news conferences, I get the first question. Now I get the first question again, but now it's just different. <laughs> Has it been a positive experience for you? Is it something that you say, I'm glad I did this, you know, win, lose, or draw tomorrow? It's something that I'm really glad that I did. Yeah, it's, 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 
Yeah, I would say yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did it because of all the all the check marks that you know kind of bounce off on the political side of things. Like, you know what? Well, kind of talk about being a candidate, but never been a candidate, but now now we are. So now let's see what happens. All right, if people want to learn more about you and what you're doing, if they're still undecided in the mayor's race, uh, how can they do that? How do you still be undecided, folks? Oh, if I you don't. Gonna I, go vote, he's going to go and vote tomorrow. It's Abdulforindy.com. Abdul number four Indy.com. And you know, Abdul, we've given up trying to understand the voting populace a long time ago. So we'll we'll leave okay. each person <laughs> to their own. But hey, man, good luck. Uh, we appreciate Thanks. you, and have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Take care. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. It's time to hear from you, Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444, that is the phone number. If you'd like to contribute, questions, comments, smart remarks, these have been carefully selected by Rob M. Kendall. So earlier in the show... Mm-hmm. You had played a clip of your boyfriend, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Sure. And he was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Not my boyfriend. He is married with children, by the way, but we like to say that. Well, Go. yeah, look, I have seen many different looks in many women's eyes over the years. <laughs> and the look that you have when you mention his name is... Uh, is there a twinkle there? Well, it's rare. I've, I've, rarely, uh, I've rarely seen that, okay. and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, however, uh, so he was on Meet the Press... And he was asked about genders, and Chuck Todd went on some bizarre thing about. I mean, it was so, it was so weird to see a national television, a host of a once acclaimed national television show, try to say that science is showing what that there's more than two gender. I mean, I don't even remember. Kevin, do we have? that audio from earlier in the show because i want to play this guy's phone call but i want to make sure we describe Mm -hmm. what he's responding to okay here is the clip of chuck todd and vivek ramaswamy on meet the press how do you know it's that again how do you know are are you confident that you know that gender uh is uh as binary as you're describing it are you confident that it isn't a spectrum i Uh, am you know this as a scientist well there's there's two x chromosomes if you're a woman an x and a y that means there's a lot of scientific research out there there's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum chuck i I respect stop 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 okay so you have a in host of a national television show Mm -hmm. attempting to tell you and trying to say there's some scientific basis to say that what there's more than men and women yeah i mean is that it yeah there's a spectrum for gender. That's what he was saying. Well, and here is how he doesn't cite the scientific research, by the way. Well, of course not. And I was telling you guys earlier in the show that the, here is how absurd our society has become. Years ago, South Park did an episode, or episodes plural. It was multiple ones where they were trying to figure out who Eric Cartman, who was one of the little kids on South Park, who his dad was. And it was this big mystery about, is it the Denver Broncos? Is it, you know, whoever. And ultimately, what they came up with, because they were pointing out the absurd, and now this was in the late 90s, was that his mom was also his dad. And they did that because of how, like, uber rare that would be, ridiculous that would be, and people would go, huh? (laughs) But now... We've gone from South Park spoofing something 
and huh? To Chuck Todd saying Trent, this is real. Yeah, Trent, this is the totally mainstream. This is totally, no, this is totally normal. And we pointed out that until very recently, gender dysphoria, it was considered, what's the word for it, Casey, by the medical community? Uh, a disorder. A, a mental health Right. Disorder. It was considered a disorder because it's the same way as, look, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. The reason it's called a disorder is because it's not normal. Now, look, through various things I've been able to deal with it, and other than checking the garage door 93 times before I go to work, I lead a pretty normal life. I didn't always, though. It was pretty crippling at one point. It's a disorder. It's not normal to fear touching things. But I don't get all offended when people say obsessive compulsive disorder because I'm an adult, I'm a grown-ass person, and I'm able to recognize, and it's part of the treatment of dealing with it, that it's not normal. So don't tell me it's normal. Don't tell me, Rob, it is normal uh, to, to, to check your refrigerator 13 times uh, or, or make sure a door is locked 27 times. Uh, Rob, everybody obsessively washes their hands a dozen times. Right. I don't get offended because it's not normal. It is a disorder. And it is a disorder to be a man and think you should be a woman. It is a disorder to be a woman and think you should be a man. It is a disorder to want to cut your penis off. That is not normal. And yet in society now, we placate these people. I would not expect anyone to placate what I did. When I was getting help and being able to live with obsessive compulsive disorder, the worst thing that could have happened to me was for a a, a therapist or a doctor to say, what you're doing is fine. Sure, you wash your hands so much they bleed. That's okay. Hmm. Everything's fine. It's not fine. It wasn't fine. This is not fine. And yet Chuck Todd has the audacity on national television to go, oh, there's lots of things between a man and a woman. It's totally normal to be between a man and a woman. All of that being said, sometimes people on this show hear what they want to hear mm-hmm. and they don't hear the whole thing. And this guy called and he's a very nice guy. He listens to the show. He's a fan of the show. I'm going to play his call and then maybe we'll address it on several levels. Okay. I'm the youngest of five boys. One of my brothers was gay, proving the point that one in five men are gay. He was one year older than me, and when I'm playing with army men and Tonka trucks and building tree houses, he played with Barbie dolls. He was born feminine. Uh, He wasn't transgender, it turned out to be, but he was gay, you know, junior high, high school, and he didn't wasn't what they used to call in the closet, but he had a small group of friends and uh, soon moved out to the gay community in San Francisco, but he was born feminine, I mean, as a child. And Mr. Aswami saying that it's a mental disorder, is that a mental disorder? If you are born with feminine genes and... He was never transgender. He wasn't ever transgender, to my knowledge, uh, until he was 18 and moved out to San Francisco. Okay, so I, so the, first of all, it's unclear whether the guy was actually transgender or just gay. But if he was transgender, this doesn't mean you just become. There's a reason all these people are doing this now and they didn't do it before. It's learned behavior from society, not only saying it's okay, but promoting it. And by the way, being transgender and gay are two totally Totally different things. Totally separate things. And Vivek Ramaswamy 
was not talking about being gay. He was talking about transgender dysmorphia, where people are chopping off parts of their body. Growing new parts of their body. That's the part that he's saying is being taught in schools that is not normal. And we should not tell people it is. The same way people should not have told me what I went through was normal. It's called a disorder. It doesn't make you less of a human. The same way it didn't make me any less of a human. You still have all the rights and privileges guaranteed to you under the, the Constitution. And if at the end of the day you want to chop your penis off because you believe you're a woman, you have the right to do it. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you, that's fine. That's normal. Because it's not. Mm. All right, Kev, what else we got? Hey, Rob, do you remember how much the liability was for the teacher pension fund? I was thinking, with the $6 billion surplus that we had, plus the extra $1.5 billion that the General Assembly wasn't expecting for this latest budget, plus the, I think you said $7 billion extra on state house happenings and new spending in this budget, that's $14.5 billion. I would think that should be enough to put a pretty large dent in that pension liability. So I get we got this phone call um, this morning. So I've got to look in to find out what the exact number is. But it was the premise of his call that I wanted to talk about. So the reason he's calling about that is we talked about how at the very end of the legislative session that just wrapped up. About one in the morning. The Indiana General Assembly went back, the Republicans, Mm -hmm. Republicans, Democrats had nothing to do with this, Republicans, went back behind closed doors and decided they were going to extract $300 million with no discussion, no public debate, no public testimony. We're doing this from the pay down of the pre-1996 teacher pension debt and give it to public education, which totally flies in the face of why last year, people like Jeff Thompson, who is now the head of Ways and Means, told me we will absolutely not give you any more than $200 of the $1,500 of your money we're sitting on. Because paying down that debt is the number one priority. We were told we must pay that down, and then mm-hmm. once we do that, we must not be in, interfered in any way. It was so important, Casey. Remember, they changed the state law last year because it used to be if there were above $2 billion in reserves, automatic taxpayer refund. Well, the lawmakers last year said, well, I guess we screwed up on that. We got too much money here. So they changed the law to say anything between $2.5 billion and $5 million automatically went to pay down that teacher pension debt because we were told that is so important. Yet at the very last minute, mm-hmm. when it came to appeasing the angry red-shirted teachers, they pulled $300 million. So they told you, kiss our ass, you're not getting your money back. But to appease the angry red-shirted teachers, they took $300 million in the dark of night out of that pension fund. Magically found some money. And this guy's absolutely right that if they actually wanted to pay the thing down and it was so important as they say, Mm -hmm. because there is some merit to saying we're going to pay down our debt. But they act like it's an either-or thing. Well, you can't have any help with the gas tax because we're paying down the teacher pension debt. Can't have any help with your property taxes, which, by the way, new assessments are rolling in just as bad as the assessments you had before. So these a-hole Republicans who told you, well, we don't need a permanent solution here because this thing will just solve itself soon. Well, apparently this year, one year, it's going to solve itself. (laughs) Right. We're going to have a task force to look in to see if there's really a problem. Two years. Yeah. So uh, he's absolutely right. They don't actually care about paying the debt down. It is an excuse 
Just like they got the new budget is seven billion dollars bigger, Casey, than the budget two years ago. In two years, Casey, you're telling me the need for government grew seven billion dollars. No, I'm not telling you that. That's what they're saying. And and so, <laughs> I mean, it, it, but the but the but the the premise of all of this is it. They will always find something, some excuse, some reason to not give you your money. Because your money is power. And the more of your own money you have, the more power you have over them. And these Republicans in this state do not want you to have power over your own life. So even if they ever finally get this thing paid off, there will be something else. Right. What's just the next thing in line? All right. Um, you want to take a break? Then we got a couple more of these voicemails we can get to, or we can do something else, whatever it's, you want. Yeah, it's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That is the phone number with your voicemails. We have a couple more. So I'm going to say this slowly for people to comprehend, Casey. And if anybody would like to use this, feel free. I don't need any credit, though you know how popular we are. Do you know we're number one? I heard that. Um, You can feel free to say Rob Kendall told me to to do this uh, because we're very popular. Uh, Property taxes. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're going to consider running for public office next year in especially a Republican primary, property taxes are the issue. And if you can run a coherent together campaign and you can run on property taxes, you will win your primary. If you can raise a few dollars and you can hit your doors and you can get your signs out and you make property taxes the issue of your campaign, the issue you don't get off. If you're running for state house or you're running for state senate, or if you're even running for a local elected office, you will win because these Republicans at the state house are so vulnerable and they don't see it because they're so arrogant. It is like just like the setting the trap to the cheese, and all you guys got to do is close the trap. And I think the same thing is true in the general election. With Donald Rainwater, who announced on Friday he's going to run. He announced on this number one rated show. And I know he will make, pro- he is going to make property taxes a central part of his campaign. Thus far, Braun, Silent Suzanne, and Doden have not said a single solitary word about property taxes. And I think you're going to see, much like with COVID in 2020. Now, do I think it's going to be enough to propel Rainwater to victory? Probably not. It's a very big hill to hop over. But. He will again make a sizable dent in the voting populace because Republicans don't care about your property taxes, and Donald Rainwater does. Somebody uh, called about hearing Don on the show on Friday. Yes, I just heard Donald Rainwater on the radio. I voted for him last time around. I plan, and my wife plan, on voting for him again. And this will be the first time in my life at age 72 that I will be putting up a political sign in the front yard for Donald Rainwater or for any politician. He's got at least my sign and our vote. 
Thank you. Hmm. Okay, so Donald Rainwater said he's not for bigger government. He's for better government. Property taxes are the issue. If you're a person who wants to run for state house, if you're a person who wants to run for state senate, if you're a person who wants to run, I guess, for governor, that is the issue. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm pretty good at this politics Do stuff, Casey. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? I'm pretty good at the politics stuff. I don't have many talents, but understanding the public at large and the politics in play are two of the few talents I have been blessed with. And I am telling you, if you get on that, and if you don't get off that and you do the nuts and bolts of campaigning, you can beat even the most entrenched of incumbents next year. All right. Uh, one final phone call. We had uh, Susan Beckwith on yes. with us for the Mind Your Manners segment. Correct. On Friday. Yeah. She was talking about lawn care etiquette. And one of the things we discussed about what is the obligation of the property owner when it comes to those grass clippings. Yeah. And you let yours go out in the street. Yeah. And we both kind of ganged up on you and said, you shouldn't do that. Blow them back into the yard. I pay enough in taxes. The Brownsburg Street Department uh, can deal with that. Uh Uh, But I have a little bitty lawnmower, so it's not like I'm blowing, uh, you know, just a cavalcade of grass clippings into the street. But uh, somebody did did call about that. There is actually a law that states you cannot blow your grass clippings into the street because, as Casey was saying, it makes it a uh, traffic traffic hazard for motorcyclists have a good day now i can almost guarantee and if this guy wants to show me the code uh, then i'll i'll eat it and say i'm wrong that's a probably a city by city or town by town municipal ordinance because they would control those streets so they would control the public safety of those streets and each town or city or county would have its own interpretation of that however there if there is a state code that guy can show it to me I will totally eat it. I'll have to look that up and yeah, see. Yeah, now this is your question. You, now, you, should do your, you should do your side piece on that. Why I, Rob was wrong on the grass clippings. Yeah, I'll look it up today. But I think it's funny that you're still trying to get out of doing that one last task in your yard care. I do way more than most people <laughs> when it comes to my yard. <laughs> you need to go just go buy a cheap law, uh, leaf blower and blow the clippings well, back into your I own would, yard. I would, but it all went to the property tax yeah, increase. I got no true. more money. <laughs> no one does. We'll be living with Kevin before it's all said and done. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.